0: The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love and
1: Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne.
2: And I'm Dr. James Payne. And we're super excited to have you back for another episode of Life, Love and Leadership.
1: If this is your first time listening, where have you been? We are almost done with season one. A word of advice, you will need a notebook for this podcast because in between all the laughing, we tend to drop some real nuggets, tips, tools, resources you can use in life, love, and leadership. So grab a pen or hit the subscribe or follow button so you can come back and not miss a single tidbit. Baby, what's our teaching topic for today?
2: Well, today we're going to be talking about how to reconnect with your partner after a significant life change. Mm. Uh, Be it reconnecting uh, after, say, uh, an extended military deployment or reconnecting uh, after the kids have moved out and now you're empty nesters and kind of working through that. uh, Or just recalibrating after a period of discord and uh, long separation. Uh, The focus Mm. this week is just going to be strictly on how you get your rhythm back uh, when it's been disjointed.
1: I like it. Sounds good.
2: So, but before we get into that, as always, I gotta know what's going on in your mind. Like what's happening in Marissa's world this week?
1: What is going on this week? So we have recovered from the Thanksgiving holiday, which was really, really nice.
2: And can I say before you share even more about what's going on in your mind, you burned the kitchen down. Bravo. Hats off. Man, I am still just reminiscent on that wonderful meal that you prepared for our family for Thanksgiving. Such an amazing host and cook. Thank you, baby.
1: Oh, thank you very much. No, thank you. <laughs> you said I burned the kitchen down. I was nervous for
2: a second. <laughs> burned the kitchen down in a good way. The food was incredible. So thank you so much.
1: Your one time a year you get to eat, right? No, As nope. you always Christmas say. is coming up. Christmas is coming.
2: Thanksgiving and Christmas are my two killer days for uh, for great, great soul food sponsored by my wife.
1: Yes. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. The holidays were great. Happy to see the kids come. Happy to see them leave. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, it was really cool to have all the energy back in the house uh, with, with all the noise. And one of the things... Uh, our kids are, are really artsy, and so everybody in our house sings, mm. uh, and our kids sing really well, and, and loud, and loud, <laughs> and like the singing was back <laughs> in the house, so just random singing, so it was cool.
1: Yeah, it was, and I'm just, te- I mean, I wasn't necessarily ready for them to go. Sometimes I get ready for them to go, because it's like, in addition to the singing, there's like additional mess, and you know, yeah more grocery shopping more
2: (laughs) wow one one of the biggest problems i have is they drink up all my stuff right so when it's just you and i like i can buy drinks they last for, for like a month those guys come home they're done in a day exactly yeah um so
1: yeah and the other thing i've been thinking about i was reading about um the royal family okay and there being um just some little family complications between um Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton mm-hmm. um which are you know the uh, wives of um Prince Harry and Prince William okay. and so you know they've been like what I what stood out to me about it, and I don't again, you know, I don't like to spread rumors, I don't know anyone in the royal family, I don't actually know a lot about them, but what stood out to me about it was that holiday time in particular tends to bring about family drama. Hmm. <laughs> And I think that that headline just sort of stood out, you know, it was saying like their relationship was more complicated than ever, um, you know, and you know the the, the Markle, you know, Meghan and um, Prince harry have had a new baby and they're kind of breaking off and doing their own thing and that's different they're speaking out a little more than normal for the royal family and so um you know it was just interesting to see that um that this family drama Hmm. you know let's call it is not nobody's like um Exempt from it, basically.
2: Wow. Now, I had not heard anything about the family drama, so you're giving me new information. Uh, But I have been to the uh, royal palace or at least to the gates. They wouldn't let me in. (laughs) Shame on them. Uh, And so you mean to tell me the people who live behind this pristine uh, palace with the doors are gold. Literally. uh, They are are having problems.
1: Yeah, like the brothers, you know, from the article, again, cannot confirm nor deny the validity of this story per se. Hmm. But they said that, you know, tensions are a little high between the brothers and then so subsequently, it would stand to reason that, you know, the tensions might um, be a little high um, or higher than normal with with the wives as well. So wow. I just thought that was interesting and, and trying to figure out, you know, how we commoners, not royal family, navigate. The multiple family dynamics that come hmm. with the holiday, and the cousins, and the aunts, and the uncles, and the extended family, and the you know boyfriend or girlfriend, and I mean it's it's a lot. So it's like um, you know we keep our holidays pretty intimate, sure, absolutely, <laughs> which I think cuts down on a lot of that. But you know if we were to like engage um, beyond you know our kind of nuclear family. Uh, There's a lot more opportunity for some riff.
2: Absolutely. If if you, uh, as you widen the net, you know, you widen opportunities for expanded drama. So I think being really intentional about uh, who you invite to the table uh, matters.
1: Ooh. Yeah. You just said something. Because I think a lot of people feel like they don't have a choice. Mm. You know, it's the holiday. It's quote unquote family time. And you have to... You know, there becomes a lot of should haves and all of that. Who should come and you have mm. to do this because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you're saying you don't have to do that? No,
2: you don't. So my understanding is I will never live up 100% to everybody's expectations. And so because that's true, uh, I might as well live up to my own. And what that looks like for me is putting... You know, guardrails around drama. Hey. It
1: took us a while for that. I mean, I think we've kind of evolved to that because you know we're we're sandwich generation. Mm. So you know, some of our parents have passed on. Um, and aren't necessarily hosting or what have you. So we've been the host house because I'm the oldest sibling. Mm-hmm. Um, your sibling isn't here. So it makes it a little easier, but it hasn't necessarily always been this easy. Like we had to, you know, when our parents were living and both were hosting, we mm-hmm. had to, we definitely had that whose house to go to, yeah. um, you know, which side of the family to visit. Yep. Um, and then I think when you have blended families and, um, you know, it, it gets a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not that. So I, I think we've gotten to a place in a rhythm where the holidays aren't nearly as stressful as they sure, could be. Sure. Um, but, you know, the potential is there. And I think to some extent, yes, we definitely made a choice that it was like, you know, that's why I sort of reclaimed it. And it's mm. like, you know what? I'm going to take control of this and this is how it's going to go. And this is what we're going to do. And then you don't really have to answer to other people or bring that drama in. You can, you know, keep it and and make
2: it great. Absolutely. (laughs) Control the narrative.
1: Yeah, so was just thinking about that and um, wishing everybody um, the same level of peace and calm during the holiday season, Um, encouraging people to just create new traditions, Mm. um, to think outside the box, to do it different, to not be limited by the shoulds. Um, of the world and doing things just because it's the way it's always been done to create new traditions
2: Mm. um, that actually bring you joy. Absolutely. And have fun. So that that critical uh, phrase, bring you joy, do stuff that makes you happy, have fun uh, enjoy life. It's short. And so enjoy it and do things that bring you absolute joy. It
1: is. And I think there has also been times where families not speaking, Hmm. (laughs) you know, we've had, I've had those years in my family as well, even in my kind of, you know, smaller nuclear family or my immediate siblings and things like that. And that's never fun either. Hmm. Um, and as we have already decided, and I think I learned this a little bit more over the break, Like, nobody in our family says sorry Well, (laughs) (laughs) It is like a thing. Um, And so that makes it difficult. Mm. But, um, you know, remembering what matters most um, and that we're all human. And it's just like, if there's an opportunity to to let down the rail, um, or the, you know, let the wall down a little bit and you be the person, the bigger person. It's worth it, you yeah. know? Um, cause the family bond is ultimately beautiful and what you share as family and your memories and your childhood, you don't get that back. Mm. Um, so if there's an opportunity to, um, let a wall down, definitely say
2: do it absolutely because um, it's worth it. Absolutely. And that just reminds me of forgiveness. Um, and having an opportunity to forgive and uh, offer and receive forgiveness and to just be reconciled—it's um, not worth it. You don't get those moments back; they're fleeting. Uh, and so, definitely engage forgiveness and reconciliation.
1: Awesome. Are you ready for intimacy questions? I am ready for
2: intimacy questions. All what right, we
1: got? We got three today. First okay. one: What first attracted
2: you to me? Mm what first attracted me to you yes well uh i have to say it was uh your smile oh so you had such a beautiful smile and for those uh who have not heard the full story we met as teenagers and so i saw this teenager a uh, teenage girl with this amazing smile uh, and these beautiful teeth, uh, <laughs> and she was just so amazing that I just had to get to know her. Interesting. Yes, yes. And now, now, what what first attracted you to me? You don't get off the hook. <laughs> um,
1: probably your statue, stature. Is that the right word? Your stature. Your build. Like, I, li- I like tall, dark, and handsome. And I would say you fit that hmm. um, bill. Once I, you know, decided I was willing to, you know, listen to you, because I, I wasn't <laughs> attracted to you at first, hmm. per se, because you were so arrogant. But, um, yeah. And I actually like your smile, too. Well, that's cool.
2: <laughs> we like each other's smile.
1: You, um, You know, you're a little, you're a little cocky for my taste, but it's also confidence. um, And I I definitely like your confidence. Mm. Um, And, you know, that little, you know, trying to convince me to do stuff, that little sly grin of yours was kind of cute.
2: Got it. Got it.
1: All right. Next question. So if I notice that your words and actions are not aligned, Mm. what's the best way to let you know?
2: If you notice that my words and actions are not aligned, what's the best way to let me know? This is
1: such a good question. It's a
2: great question. Uh, I think the best way to let me know uh, is just to communicate it. Uh, how you communicate it matters, amen. Uh, because you know, you you, uh, you know how you say anything is uh, most. It, it's more important. So the how is more important than the message itself. Uh, And so just saying it in a way that I can receive uh, and that doesn't put me uh, in a state of of feeling as though I need to be armed. But that's the question. To defend myself. What does that look like? What does that look like? It's just stating it. It, It's stating it uh, in calm tone uh, and just stating it. We're going to talk about this in the fight of the week. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because...
1: I, I need more clarity on this because this came up, and I'm just like, I think that is the question. Like, what's the best way to let you know? And you're just like, oh, just tell me. Yeah.
2: But if yeah, just, I tell, just tell you, me. but how you tell me matters. So you you can't tell me like with uh, neck rolls and you know don't nobody neck roll at and, you you <laughs> know. Pointing and all that sort of stuff. How you approach me is everything. So the how is better than is uh, more important than the what Okay yeah. How would you answer the same
1: question? Oh I keep forgetting sorry if you notice that my words and actions are not aligned, what's the best way to let me know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean I'd like to think that you can just tell me mm-hmm. um, I would I would want the specifics though I want I would want you to say, You said this and you're doing this Mm -hmm. so that I can see the misalignment versus just one or the other in isolation Mm -hmm. because I might not necessarily make the connection and I may disagree, especially if I feel like because, you know, like authenticity and being in alignment is a value for me Mm. um so on its own merit i might not necessarily see the misalignment because i try to live in alignment all the time Mm. so you would have to say you know you said you were going to do this but this is what you're doing um so that i could see it and i think if that comes i would like to think that i would respond positively to that
2: Mm, no that's good i like that
1: Last question, Um, what do you feel is currently
2: missing from your life? What's missing from my life is um, really um, a masculine, uh, older figure uh, that I'm able to rely on for sage wisdom that I could rely on from my dad. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, And as I get older, I become that where people start to look to me Mm. for that. And, you know, I have a lot of that. uh, Thank God through just a ton of of experiences with my dad and other men who have poured into me, uh, but not having that uh, active presence. Uh, that I can go to on a regular basis like I could with my dad, you know, that that's a big void. That's mm-hmm. a big void. What's missing from your life?
1: Um, What is missing from my life? My goodness. Um, it seems silly, but um, I'll just go with the first thing that comes to my mind, which would be my grandmother is hmm. <laughs> missing from my life. Um, you know, I miss having that... Um, that influence, that maternal, you know, safe space. Um, You know, when you lose a a loved one that close to you, you kind of live with a a hole in your heart Hmm. Um, and you just learn to live with it. And so that's what's missing from my life. All right. So you ready for the fight of the week?
2: Let's get into it.
1: (laughs) So uh, one of our big Thanksgiving traditions is to go to the movies. Mm. And um, we did that. (laughs) And we were in in the movies, right? So who has a fight in the movies? Mm. We do. So, well, not really a fight. But... um, some tension for sure so we're in the movies we're looking at the previews everything's going fine Mm -hmm. and then the feature film commercial comes on lights go down time for the movie to start digging into the popcorn we're ready and my husband decides it's time to start texting now, why he couldn't do this before the movie actually started? Number I one, do I this. don't know. let
2: me let me tell you why. <laughs> I couldn't do this before the movie started because the text didn't come in before the movie started. <laughs> so my response was needed during the movie,
1: so he's so he starts texting a little, and it's like, okay, whatever. We'll address this real quick, and then it's done, right? No, like this goes on for a minute. And then like, instead of like, you know, sitting back, snuggling, he's like sitting up,
2: you know, straight. Because you're complaining about me texting. So I'm trying to guard the light and, (laughs) you know, not have the light be a disruption to you because clearly you have decided to be the Werenberg police.
1: (laughs) This is exactly where I was going. So now you're like, You know, the movie is going, so I'm trying to, like, watch the movie, but you're sitting next to this, like, statue man who's, like, on the edge of his seat, sitting up all tense and tight. It's, like, totally affecting the mood and the energy. And I'm just like, what in the world are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Who are you talking to? Right, and so Um, I'm talking to
2: my kids, trying to set some order on some things. This is all taking all of sixty seconds. Never was it sixty <laughs> seconds. It was, it was
1: like fifteen minutes this oh my went gosh. on for a good I can pull the records. You
2: can, I can and I'm pull not the records. scared.
1: Like it went records. on for a
2: while. In fact at <laughs> lunch earlier today uh, we had this same discussion and said, my daughter verified, minutes, which
1: was an exaggeration. So we knew that, but it, that it the was much longer was in than my 60 faith. seconds. It was too long. However long it was, it went on for too long. And then you go out, get nachos and come back. And this person is using the light from his
2: phone to look at the nachos not the full light <laughs> just the light from the screen i said the light not from the your flash phone light, i didn't
1: say the flashlight but the light in from the middle of the dark theater with neighbors on either side of us but i'm us.
2: covering myself to block the light as much as possible i
1: almost left and i <laughs> was just like i cannot work she did not these almost leave conditions and so when I said something, then he says, why are you policing me? Yes. Which was like such a trigger. Mm. And so back to what we talked about um, in the last segment where you were saying, oh, just tell me, bring it to my team, mm. John. And I'm like, I'm doing that. And you're just like, being defensive but but how you
2: brought it so let's go let's get into the how so (laughs) how you brought it you brought it uh, in a way where you were acting like the Warenberg theater police what does that mean Uh, that means like you are looking all over my shoulder what's going on who you texting? Why are you on your phone? The movie started. The people and told yes, you in the commercial. I am Fully aware. No
1: texting, no talking. Turn your stuff off.
2: Yes. You
1: are in violation of ordinance number 79653 and. Of which
2: you have you been are in ruining my
1: movie going experience. Oh,
2: knock it off. It's true. This is not ruining your experience. You were
1: definitely ruining my experience. We're and then I was concerned about our neighbors as well you're like that moviegoer no
2: no i reject that <laughs> and then and when i bring it
1: to your attention it's like the pot, calling the,
2: it's like the pot calling the kettle black How? like you you have had very long conversations and texts during movies before no yes facts big facts yes and so, so are you claiming that you've never used your phone in the movies before let me back up even further. Not only have you texted, and emails, check the web, and otherwise, but you have taken phone calls in the movies before.
1: It's, it is. So I do not it deny is,
2: this. However. It's highly problematic for me if we when end the you movie decide theater, that this day you want to be,
1: you know, the Werenberg police. I don't do it in a way that's disruptive to other people.
2: Really? Really. You don't think that you talking, texting, taking phone calls in the movie is not disruptive to other no, people. No,
1: I'm saying like we didn't if I've done that it's we didn't have neighbors next to us. It's probably just a few of us in the theater. Nobody's on our row so they can't really see my light. And if I take a call, I may just pick up the phone and say, you know, hey, I'm in the movies. I'll call you back or something like that. It's not like I'm sitting up having a whole conversation and you know it. Don't be telling these people that.
2: So like (laughs) I said earlier. Mind
1: you, you're diverting because we're not talking about me. We're talking about you.
2: But if we're talking about the subject matter and you're talking about it in an accusatory fashion, which you are, I have to set the record straight
1: do you have to set
2: the record straight
1: or can you own up to the fact that you were in the wrong it was brought to your attention
2: and you didn't respond well let me backpedal on you again this is not a right wrong situation but i it, was there was nothing to be wrong you doing.
1: you were breaking the rules and ruining my movie going experience first off that's
2: not true. I was not ruining. So I'm ruining lying about you. my movie going experience I was not ruining. It. You you were leaning over my shoulder seeking the light. Trying to see what was going on so I could not be ruining your experience if you weren't all over my shoulder. So I don't know that my experience was being ruined. If your experience was being ruined, you ruined it yourself. Oh my goodness. I can't. Yes. Facts. You ruined it yourself. So let's let's end the segment this way let's decide that you won't be the movie theater police speechless this means i won to fight ladies and gentlemen fight of the week champion dr james spain for today's teaching topic we want to deal with how to reconnect with your partner after a significant life change how to work to recalibrate your relationship and, and kind of find your rhythm again Uh, and that life change can really show up in a number of ways Uh, be it a military deployment where spouses are separated for a a very long period of time uh, and now they have to try to come back together and find uh, out how their relationship works now Uh, be it a couple that's been separated through discord in their marriage uh, and they've had a long separation and now they've been able to work through their differences but they're coming back uh, as different people and they have to process, okay, how does our relationship work now? Uh, or if you are working your way through, uh, what life looks like without your children in the home and you're going through empty nest syndrome and just kind of processing through, okay, what does that look like for us now as a couple? Uh, and so really there are, uh, three keys that I kind of want to deal with. Uh, and provide some tips and tools around uh, to kind of help you think about how to reconnect with your partner after you experience uh, this type of significant life change. And so the first thing that you want to process through is you need to talk through the shifts. And so it's important to understand that you have to update your data. You have to update your maps and you have to talk to each other about your relational needs and expectations, because these things may have changed over time. And so because, you know, your needs and expectations can change over time, especially if you're not attentive to them and paying attention to them and distracted by all the things and distractions that life can offer, being busy with you know jobs, kids uh, and other things that life can throw your way. Uh, You have to recalibrate and you have to come back to this table and say, "Okay, uh, at one stage of the game, I may have needed this from you or these were my needs and expectations. But that has a tendency to shift. And so it's important that you update your data with your partner. And you can only do that by having meaningful conversations about what your needs and expectations are now in your relationship that you have come back together on the other side of whatever that seismic change may have been. Uh, And so making sure that you're having that conversation and talking through what your real needs are, not sugarcoating anything, but being very direct and honest about what your needs are uh, in this relationship uh, and working together to meet each other's needs. And so no one feels abandoned in terms of their needs. That's number one. Uh, The second thing I think that's critical to reconnecting with your partner is being intentional about spending time together. Uh, I know from an empty nest perspective, uh, my wife and I got so lost in raising our kids and, you know, needing to just really negotiate all the weight of responsibility of raising three kids, Uh, being at, you know, multiple games and uh, theater events and PTA meetings and just the gamut of things that you need to do. Uh, when you are raising kids, it can get in the way and kind of be distracting to your relationship and you're just working with your partner really as a business partner to move you know your family organization forward. And so um, finding time uh, once you get through that to come back together and say, okay, n- now that that, sh- that season has ended, what do we look like as a couple in this season? And kind of redefining that and making sure that you're intentional about spending quality time together, getting to know each other again. There is the possibility to kind of lose sight of who your partner is uh, and what your relationship is all about when you're so focused on something as important as raising a family. And then that third leg of the stool is really to create a new normal. Uh, And so after 24 years of spending time raising kids and like our entire life was framed around raising our kids, we talk often about the fact that our oldest son was actually a star in our wedding. And so from the very onset, we were raising a family as soon as we got married. Uh, And so it's important to make sure that you take time to work together to create a new normal, uh, one that honors both what your needs are in this season of your life, uh, and also honors uh, the needs that each partner has Uh, At this stage of life for the relationship, because you're not the same person that you were, uh, you know, when you were in your uh, uh, 20s. Uh, If you're out of your 20s now, we got married. I was 21. She was 20. Uh, And so I'm not the same person I was at 21. My needs and expectations have shifted. She's not the same person. She was at 20, her needs and expectations have shifted. And so now the work was coming together to make sure that we're creating a new normal that serves both of us. And so those three tips that we wanna just drone in and make sure that you get when you're working to reconnect with your spouse uh, after a seismic life change has taken place, is just making sure again, that number one, you're talking through the shifts, Uh, and that you're expressing what your needs and expectations are now of your relationship. You're being intentional, uh, number two, about spending time together uh, and investing in one another. And then the last leg of that stool is working to create a new normal, recognizing that uh, you have to create a new normal that just honors both of you uh, and honors those needs and expectations that both of you have for relating well together.
0: This is Life, Love, and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us. Find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.